up, people? I'm your host, Dylan Fox, and this is Wrestle Update with a brand new format. We're going to reformulate the show for a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of tournaments going on in Japan. If you're not aware, if you're not a Japanese wrestling fan right now, uh, my other job has really kept me really busy on that. I know Scott has a lot going on, too. But we will be back with a review of SummerSlam, and we're going to try to do a new format for a little while after everything cools down. We may go back to the weekly uh, it just depends on what happens. But for right now, for sure, we're going to do a new format where we're going to preview big shows and then review big shows. And obviously, the show coming up next is WWE SummerSlam, which is very early for their times, usually. But for this, I needed to go to, um, you know, we've had a, a bunch of different people come on. But the one to me that really stood out, and, and to a lot of you as well, I know, had to be the one that I went to today, and I'm so happy he took the time out of his uh, schedule to come on with us, come back to Wrestle Update and talk SummerSlam. That is, of course, Nello DeAngelis. It's so good to have you back. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. It's always a good time, and I love our conversation, so thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I had a ton of fun talking to you last time. I always have fun talking to you, too, just in DMs on Twitter and, and to see your takes on wrestling. You, you know, you have such a great thought process. And we talked a little bit about your background before, but I will hype one thing you did since then, which was uh, where we left off. This is a good starting point before we get into SummerSlam itself. We are going to get to WWE, I promise. But I wanted to ask you about Fight Forever, which you did a review for on uh, post-wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I like that game. <laughs> I thought it was the worst answer I could give. Um, yeah, no, it was really, really fun. John and Wei are, like, two of the kindest people I've ever met. So, yeah, I was just like, hey, John, do you have any interest? And he's like, yeah. Um, and I work in video games, so it was, like, a really cool – I don't know. It was a very cool life moment. Like, I grew up playing No Mercy and Def Jam Fight for New York and um, Gata, the director behind those games, you know, developed a brand new engine like Aki ground up for um, Fight Forever. So it very much like scratched that itch I've had for a long time for Def Jam. And yeah, the game's pretty light still, but like I find myself just playing random exhibition matches every now and then. And it's just it's very goofy. Um but I, I love it. It's it's a very fun game. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you gotten a chance to play it yet? I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting for it to go on sale. This is my philosophy on video games right now. And I, I know a lot of people have said this about this particular game, but even on 2K, I'll end up playing all of these games eventually because, because I, I just I can't stop myself. There's something wrong in my brain. Like John and Wei, you mentioned, I, they used to, like John, I know, has talked about how much he loved the N64 games, which we both played as well. But they don't play video games anymore uh, on there. They've gotten out of it. But for me, I can never escape. So I will play it eventually. But I always wait for new games to go on sale. Not just this game, but actually all like pretty much every major title. It's always they release them and then they always update them. You know, they fix smooth things out, you know, smooth out bugs or anything like that. That always happens. So I wait for it to go on sale, not just because of the money factor, which is always nice to save money, but also just because I want the full version, even for a, a system, you know, because uh, like I've been holding out on upgrading to a PS5 for like two years now, <laughs> pretty much, even now that you could get it. Because remember, for, for like the first five years or whatever, you could nobody. Oh, my could gosh. <laughs> I, yeah, it was a horrible situation. But now you can. But I'm still holding out. The only reason <laughs> that I'm going to upgrade, I'm going to wait for until Black Friday, probably to get the best deal possible. But the only reason I'm going to upgrade is because Mortal Kombat <laughs> is coming out. And there you go. Exclusive. And 
I'm very excited about that game. That's practically a wrestling game in and of itself, uh, in Mortal Kombat, with the characters and everything. But Fight Forever, I love the way you described it. I love the games you mentioned. Um, Fight for New York was like, I must have played that game 10 million hours with my friends. It wasn't just me. It was my friends on the PS2. We'd all get together and play it. That was before online play really became the thing it is now. Story mode and all of that, too. N64, uh, the, the two girls I lived next to when I was a kid, I always had PlayStation, but they had N64, so I'd, used to, I'd be over there like 24 hours a day practically playing Pokemon Stadium and GoldenEye and, yes. uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, and NWO Revenge, uh, all of that. And then you could actually play as Manami Toyota in uh, the N64 game, which was different than the one I had, which was Versus the World, which is a great game in and of itself. But it did not have Manami Toyota in it, so therefore the N64 was, had to be the superior version, ultimately. Uh, but I will play Fight Forever, then we will talk about it the next time uh, after I play it, because I probably will get it soon. Sweet! Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's strange, like, I'll, the last thing I'll say on it is, it's, it's, um, a lot of people, like, the point of comparison they use is 2K, but, and I said this in my review, where it's like, it's so far away from that, it's way more in line with like a WWE All Stars, if you remember yeah. that. Super arcadey. And I mean, like, they have Mario Party mini games. Like, it is such just like, it's the dorkiest BTE like video game you can imagine in the best way. So, um, I think like just going into it with like the expectations of you just want to have fun in a super badass like animated engine, just like Def Jam Fight for New York. Um, okay. I will say probably the worst thing about it is the roster. Like, I have no fucking clue why they have the roster they have, where it's like, you have Abaddon, but, like, Not there's no, yeah, there's no Takeshita, there's no Acclaimed. Like, they have John Silver, but not Alex Reynolds. They, like, it's, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason behind the people they chose, unless it's just, like, the 2020 COVID barebones roster. But even then, there's brand new people. So, yeah, I just, I like Jeff Hardy, right? So, yeah, I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> no, no, I totally understand. Just, uh, it, uh, it sounds like a really fun game to play, ultimately. And I, I do want to get into it, uh, especially with all of that. But uh, we, we will talk about that more in the future for sure when I do get a chance to play it. And hopefully they do have the, uh, some upgraded features here and there uh, on there. Because, like you said, it's kind of a light game. I know a lot of people, there's been some, at first people were very excited, but maybe some mixed reviews as time goes along. But I like the idea on paper that they have of... Instead of being like, oh, WWE 2K22 and then 2K23, they want to release this fight forever and then upgrade it as time goes along. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a great idea and a system, which really hasn't been done before, even in, you know, like Madden is coming out in a few weeks. And, I mean, they that series has had so many issues with uh, basically just being a, a roster update for so many years now, except for uh, by far uh, 2021 with the uh, most insane career mode story that there's ever been uh, that they, they put in there. That made no sense. If you are an NFL football fan, uh, not whatsoever, but it was, it was wildly entertaining. I will say that. So uh, we need to get all of these games. I think that if they, if this turns out to be successful with fight forever, and they do commit to updating it, because that's something I, I want to see, because we haven't seen that yet with really no big updates. Uh, just really been talked about, maybe some minor things like the Stadium Stampede they talked about. That's going to be cool. Yeah, that seems very cool. And if they can commit to it and do it, 
and move forward with different stuff. And, you know, if they can get it once every two or three months, you get a new update. Maybe a new, you know, a new DLC comes in. You could get, mm-hmm. pay five bucks and get the acclaimed in there. I think that would help out a lot overall. And, and if they do that and it's successful, I think that would be a much better, a much better system for the fans. For other sports games, I know uh, FIFA, while well, they cut their contract or whatever, now EAFC, like the uh, football uh, soccer game, uh, there uh. they have they have uh, they have a very similar issue. All of the games, like NBA 2K, MLB, the show, like all of those are like one after the other. Oh uh, my god, could work. It would be a lot better for the fans. NBA 2K23 like was a nightmare for me when I try to play the career mode and it's just like walking through ads and I'm like, I need a skateboard or a bicycle to navigate this fucking city so I can play games. And I'm like, I'm out, dude. I'm so out. So I just I play like GM mode, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. So. They've ruined my career with the the city, and that's been around for a few years now. <laughs> like, and I've I've hated it from the beginning. Like from the very first day uh, they said, I thought, man, this sucks. Like, I don't want to walk around <laughs> the city. Like, I just want to change my guy's haircut. You know, yes. like, don't make me walk to the barber shop in this five five layers. You got to go up an elevator to get to one floor with games on it. Then the other one has the barber shop, and it's like what? Uh, it's impossible. You know, you, you shouldn't be a rocket scientist to play basketball, in my opinion. No, and it's it's all just ways to keep you in the game longer. And then, have you seen the film Idiocracy? Yes. So it very, like, when I play the, my city or whatever, it reminds me of Idiocracy because there's just so much shit popping up on my screen. And I'm like, I don't want this! Uh, <laughs> so right now I'm actually, I'm playing a career is the heat and like the 2002 Heat, and my my team right now is Iverson, McGrady, uh, Peja Stojakovic, Nowitzki, yes. and Ben Wallace. <laughs> oh, so, I'm having a blast. <laughs> and I see that is what we need more of in the basketball games, and, and hopefully Madden takes that. I think they're trying to get back to that in Madden this year, uh, but hopefully they can get back to that because that's something. Even as a kid, like. Uh, 15 years ago, I was doing that same stuff. From, I probably had that same tr- team just on the Supersonics <laughs> back, <laughs> nice. back when they still existed. So uh, great stuff there. But as I said, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a new format for the next little while, at least the next uh, couple of months. And, uh, you know, if I can get somebody to come on every week for the WWE shows, we may go back to the weekly format. Uh, and I hope we do eventually. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on it, but there's just so much going on right now. <laughs> like uh, in wrestling, we have to kind of take a little bit of a step back to take three steps forward later. But maybe some would say WWE kind of did that <laughs> with, with SummerSlam here, which we'll talk about here. Uh, right now, it looks like the card is all set. They could always add something on SmackDown. We're recording this on Thursday. I mean, it's going to be released on Thursday, so we're not going to cut it out for you. We're not going to hold off for you, make it later than it needs to be. We are going to give you the scoop uh, up and down here. Uh, so they've got eight matches announced, and one thing I will say on this show, and we kind of talked about this a little bit off the air, originally – it was scheduled to to have, um, in addition to the eight matches we have announced, uh, it, there was going to be a match between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, which has been a long-running feud they've had over multiple big shows and multiple 
uh, Raws that they've been on with some really good promos as well, especially for Trish. I thought has done a fantastic job in her heel work. It's some good work from Becky, uh, kind of feeding with Zoe as well. But the fact of the matter is they pulled that off the card. Uh, that's going to happen in two weeks away. Uh, what's been your, your kind of feel on the matches they've had, uh, Trish and Becky, uh, so, so far, uh, especially since Trish's retur- return this year? So, like, I don't know. It's It's very – Cool. Like, I think in terms of, like, the generational performers, these two are, like, the best matched for each other. Um, character, mic work. Um, like, I say this in the best way, but I think, like, Becky and Trish are not the, like, best wrestlers, but they are so, they can be so, like, masterful at putting together matches, you know? Like, um, Becky may not have, like, the in-ring work of, you know, Io or Asuka or, like, you know, Dakota Kai and stuff like that. But, like, she can be so goddamn good at putting together matches. So I'm really, really excited for this match. Of course it got cut. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's, um like, admittedly, I don't keep up with the weekly as much. I, I keep up with John and Way's post reviews. Um, but what I've really enjoyed about this um, feud so far and what's been nice for me to keep up is all of like just the social media because Becky's always been the best at Twitter. And then all of a sudden here's Trish on Twitter as well. And so I just like the way they've been building it up. Um, I don't know. And when I look at the rest of the card, I'm just wondering why was this the match that got cut? Because the other two women's matches just don't have the same heat whatsoever. And yeah, I really don't understand why they're on top of the card and yeah as opposed to this i totally agree with that uh at, at the end of the day and another match that uh, many people think got added on uh for this and it's the first one we'll go to i don't know if we don't have the lineup in front of us in terms of the order that's going to be saved for the day of the show on saturday but definitely the least important match i would say is clearly the slim jim battle royal here and this is basically the only thing about this match is anybody who is not important enough to be <laughs> in a real match is now going to be thrown into this battle royal, uh, pretty much. The only buildup we've had for it so far, they may do something on SmackDown again, but uh, it's going to be a 20-man battle royal. The only buildup is Champa and Nakamura and Bronson Reed's feud that they've had, and that's been... So-so, to say the least. Uh, Nakamura has been very over. I think he's a guy that, when he was on SmackDown, he really wasn't very interesting or, or good. He wasn't putting in the best efforts. But on Raw, since he got drafted over, it feels like he has a spark lately. And he got that Money in the Bank spot last month as well, uh, probably as a result of that. Uh, they're trying to do, tease a little bit of a heel turn with him. Uh, going on there, uh, but I think most people think that this match is basically going to end up being a showcase for LA Knight, who a lot of people, everybody knows he gets huge reactions on SmackDown, uh, got a big spotlight in the Money in the Bank match. Um, you know, uh, I said it before when I was talking to Scott uh, about the Money in the Bank, the thing with him is he's a great talker. Like, you know, like on the mic, you know, it always gets a big reaction, so on and so forth. But in the ring, I'm not as huge of a fan of his. Uh, <laughs> overall, I don't think he's as good of a wrestler as some other people, uh, you know, like on the roster. Because if you look at the big card, probably everybody that's going to be in this match, this 20-minute battle royal, you have great people, like all-around performers, wrestlers, 
things like that. Uh, I just think they have so much interesting talent, but for some some way, he has been the one to get over uh, the most. Uh, do you have a, a pick here? Because you look at the card, uh, you know, obviously those guys are not going to be on it. Uh, do you have any favorite, really, of uh, the the, the, the mid card mafia <laughs> that, that we have in WWE that's going to be in this match? <laughs> the mid card mafia, I love it. Um, first, like it's funny because it's like the showcase for LA Knight. Why do we have to keep giving him the the capitalist matches? Like he poor guy was in the <laughs> Mountain Dew. What was it like? Blackout. Oh Mountain yeah, Dew pitch or whatever. Black. Pitch Black Mountain Dew. Slim Jim Battle Royal. Um, like God, he's gonna have a this, whole lunch by the end of this year with the, the, the sponsors he's getting. He should just come out in one of those NASCAR jackets, which is all the, the yeah the corporate <laughs> logos just patched on. Um, it's always I would love to see Nakamura win this. Like anytime Nakamura's in a multi man like Money in the Pink, I'm like, I would love to see Nakamura. Just because part of me is really hoping he still gets that like one last world title run. Especially in WWE, I think it would just be like like he needs that Cena US title run, you know, like that beautiful cap off um and i think that we're also like very privileged and lucky too because um like if you kind of look at the like the in-ring abilities right now between like a nakamura and tanahashi you can really see how much nakamura has like saved his body in the past few years maybe by like you know working this wwe style and it's very heartbreaking to see time catch up with tanahashi in that sense but I think that we're very lucky um, at the same time, perhaps to have that final Nakamura big, big, you know, memorable run. And as you said, it really feels like he's been putting in the work again lately, which is um, great to see. I feel like he had a lot of time off too. So maybe he was just able to rehabilitate some stuff, but um, yeah, like I would be super happy with um, Nakamura. Um, I guess my big question is like, (laughs) What do they get if they win? Like, do they just get a fucking Slim Jim? <laughs> they get Slim Jims. <laughs> they get a giant Slim Jim to wear around their waist like a championship belt. That would be <laughs> just absolutely cursed. Um, yeah, like, it's – because now I'm like, oh, I would love Nakamura to win, but I'm like, what? how does this benefit them? But <laughs> no, LA Knight would be a great pop. It's um, it's a Vegas crowd. They're going to be rowdy. And um, I think him opening the show and then doing like a winning promo after the match would be a really fun energy to bring in from the get go. Uh, technically, a Detroit crowd, uh, to be honest. Oh, it's Detroit. Yeah. Oh uh, shit! No, no, I thought it was in Vegas again. No, no. The whole commercials for it have been about the Motor City, uh, and I got to tell you something, uh, Nello. I am not a car person at all. Because uh, you know, like you see all these guys driving these sports cars and souped out Fast and Furious crap that they have there. I mean, I've only I've never actually driven a car. I don't know if this is a secret. I've I've only had a motorcycle uh, th- that I rode, a Kawasaki uh, that I had. Uh, so I'm the opposite of a car guy. This stuff doesn't impress me either. Do you have a favorite car that you that you like? Or are you like me? Are you an anti-car agenda person? I just bought my first ever car. I've lived in Seattle and New York for like the past, since high school. Um, so I've never had to own one. I own a Kia Soul, so I'm definitely not a car person. I mean, that's um, the biggest <laughs> hot rod you could get right there. Kia Soul. Right. 
I when I posted it, everyone's like, "Oh, you got the hamster car," and I'm like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And then everyone's sending me the commercials, and I'm like, "Cool, yeah, you can see how little of a car person I am." So, <laughs> but okay, uh, really cool flex. You rode a Kawasaki motorcycle. That's so sick. Yeah, I had it uh, designed. Uh, the the uh, sky blue, my favorite color. Uh, Kawasaki Nin- Kawasaki Ninja, uh, 2015. I think uh, that I had it. I had it out on sale. Um, wow. But I did have to get rid of it, though, uh, unfortunately, especially after my big concussion. Like, you know, I, I can't really drive with the <laughs> – especially in the daytime because, you know, sometimes the light can affect me. Uh, yep. You know, like, and it, it's kind of dangerous. You know, I don't want to swerve off the road or something crazy like that. So I, I can't drive that anymore. But I loved I loved my Ninja. It was so cool. I'll send you a picture. I still have a picture of it somewhere. <laughs> if not, I'll make it. That's awesome. I'll dig one up online, and I'll, I'll just – I'll show you what it looked like, even if it wasn't actually mine. Uh, there, can but it, can you always... please make the the Kawasaki Ninja just like the phone, the thumbnail for this podcast? Just Absolutely. Retro update over the motorcycle. Absolutely. Uh, I'm there. That, you know, your wish is my command, Nello. All right, now. We have to do it right now. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is – that that shows us uh, I'm not something that's not even a car and a Kia Soul. That's our rides to the SummerSlam. If we were in the commercial, I think the that's Motor what we City. <laughs> hey, that must be Mariah's car because she's like the Soul, all about Soul person. So, uh, as we know, on any show I'm on, even if it's not Japanese, Mariah haters always in the mud uh, there. So we have to <laughs> show respect to the Kia Soul right now. But yeah, now like I said, they have a lot of talented people. <laughs> Somebody that I think would be cool. Is uh, if they play off of because something else that happened on Raw, uh, there was an, a fantastic match. I was going to bring it up later, but there was a fantastic match on Raw this week between uh, Chad Gable and Gunther. Uh, Gable mm. got really over with the crowd, and the stuff he's doing is over, even though he's more of a comic guy. But in that match, he showed that he could be a more serious guy. Uh, so if it were me, that's who I would have win. Like have a, have the world's largest thank you for everybody out there. <laughs> That's what we need right now. Maxine, Otis, we need the whole gang here. They are the one. Oh, Maxine, the Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Yeah, <laughs> like, I saw that. That was pretty wild. <laughs> yes, I don't know whose idea that was. Um, but, Who did she hit that on again? Uh, uh, Valhalla, Sarah, uh, Sarah Logan. She's like a. She's way bigger than Maxine too, which is wild. Um, yeah, God, Valhalla. Anytime I see her, I'm like, you're such a. Dork, dude, for just yeah. fucking stealing Max the Impaler. It's just absolute <laughs> everything. Like, it's just so blatantly egregious. It's it's like fake cane. So <laughs> it's, it's blue oh. cane all over again. To, to be fair, she, she did change it a little bit, though. Uh, like, oh, okay. it's not as blatantly direct. And now they got the white streaks in her face paint. It wasn't like the the opening look, which is exactly what you said—a direct ripoff of Max the Impaler. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they changed it at least, so it's not as bad. It's still kind of similar, but not not as blatant as it was before, at least. But uh, the, the JOCS, maybe. Toyota Tuesday is always on the Eastern Lariat uh, Patreon there. I always write reviews for free on there if you want to learn, see many, many more Japanese Ocean Cyclone suplexes uh, there. But G- Gable's my pick, even though it'll probably be LA Knight. And uh, you'll say, you'll say uh, Nakamura. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Knight winning. I would also love a Gable win. He's someone I've always hoped they'd pull the trigger on. Um, cause he is such a damn good wrestler. And I think if he was just given that big platform, like, 
he really should have won that King of the Ring, and instead they used the entire opportunity to just bury <laughs> the living shit out of him because that was when Shorty G began, right? Oh yeah, that was that was a ba- that was a bad days. <laughs> yeah, Shorty G. So. Short, Shorty G. <laughs> that was a big redemption moment. Yes, exactly. And plus, he can make something funny out of the Slim Jim, whatever, whatever they do with, with that, I'd say. So uh, he'd be another one. Another one could be they're setting something on SmackDown. Um, Lashley seems to be forming this kind of faction. Like, I don't know what the deal is there entirely, but it's like every week they're like, he walks up to the Street Profits. He's like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, what's up, Lashley? And that's pretty much it uh, Like every week. So they're, they're trying to set up some kind of new faction. I know they did some kind of split up, um, on NXT with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, and they also met up with Lashley. Lashley's just meeting random people backstage, it, it seems like, uh, trying to form a faction. So Lashley could be another guy to watch in, in this as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens, uh, with that. Cool. But the, the first match we'll get to in terms of stuff that's actually, uh, a storyline build is the thing that opened up the show this week on Raw. And so the other thing, you have to look at the shows. If you want to look at direct connotation of the quality of the shows, uh, six matches are from Raw and two are from SmackDown. <laughs> so uh, SmackDown is like Roman and Jay is their big match. And they – we'll talk about the women's match <laughs> in a little bit. But let's talk about Logan Paul, which is something we never want to do in, in our lives. But <laughs> we, we, we are forced to based on the way this show has worked out. Basically, they did – I actually think, I have to say, uh, Logan Paul versus Ricochet has been one of the better handled feuds, in my opinion, that they've had. Uh, Ricochet has really shown a lot of uh, – you know, because that's been the knock on him forever is that, yeah, he's a great spectacular athlete, great high flyer, but his promos suck. But actually, he handled himself a lot better on the mic than I expected, to be honest. And, and Logan Paul, he's like the most easily hateable person in life. And, and he just brings that over to wrestling. I thought they did a great angle on Raw where he brought up that Ricochet is dating Samantha Irvin, the ring announcer of Raw. And that led to some great heat. Ricochet popped him, and it looked like he was about to, to win, but Logan Paul hit him with the right hand. I hope that it's setting up a Ricochet win, but I like the promos. I like the, the just the sleaziest heel of the business fits him so well, uh, Logan Paul. And I think that the match, they're basically building this up to hey, say, hey, this will have a big spot or something that will go viral <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, which is hilarious because their last one was like, Ricochet almost killed Logan Paul, and that's a big insurance claim. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a fragile, valuable boy they have. But I would love to see both Paul brothers lose this weekend because I think Jake <laughs> yes. and Diaz as well. That's um, right. So my thoughts on this match, like, from the get-go, and I think it sort of speaks to, like you were saying, you know, how Ricochet has been overall, overall managed and perceived in the WWE, is I'm like, why does he have a singles match on SummerSlam? Because <laughs> it's like, in my head, it's um not even to say there's the negative connotation, but when people will typically be like, oh, this is like a rampage segment, right? Yeah. Um, It's kind of that same thing where I'm like, okay, like, Granted, I don't watch the weekly as much as I used to, but it'll be interesting to see if this is the moment that or the platform they really try to finally elevate Ricochet over. Um, because, again, it's one of those things where, yes, there are brief bright spots, but there's nothing long term. So I have zero reason to invest. Right. Yeah. Um, and it also reminds me of like 
Brian Pillman and MJF now with the Samantha Irving thing and the sense of like Ricochet has to win this. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where if he doesn't, I think it kind of kills his character the same way. Like when MJF talked all that shit to Pillman and then beat him, it's just like, how do you come back from that? Exactly. It's like you got bullied and you got beat up and that's the worst thing that can happen to someone. It's like, yeah, baby face. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And, but for Ricochet to get a win over Logan Paul is like, I mean, to me, that's the same as a, li- a win over like a, a Lesnar, um, you know, someone like that in the sense of they're a super big name. And, um, for Logan Paul to lose to a Ricochet, I think because no matter what Logan Paul does, he unfortunately makes mainstream news. Um, and it's one of those things where he's like conceding that to Ricochet as well. So, I think simply the politics of the booking are fascinating as well. But yeah, um, Logan Paul matches or they have big spots and can't wait to see how they hurt each other in this one. It's going to be wild. <laughs> That's true. What will go wrong that everyone talks about afterwards? Just like Money Ricochet was like, you are taking this fucking Spanish fly, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. His legs got tangled up. Like, Ricochet landed perfectly. Logan, he kind of tangled his legs up. And he was like, uh, he's trying to figure out his legs. And Ricochet was like, no, we're going. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, like, I'm not letting you untangle nothing. We're like, we're doing this. The old school <laughs> worker, the shoot Spanish fly yes. from, yes. from Ricochet. You're taking uh, this one, brother. <laughs> yeah, no choice. <laughs> uh, the first ever shoot-style Spanish fly that Ricochet brought out <laughs> over Logan Paul, uh, UWFI style. Like there, when, but, um, what is it? When Rick Rude inadvertently created the Gonzo bomb on, uh, on Ultimate Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deep cuts. <laughs> yes. Hey, listen, we know our stuff on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, I'm just Ricochet getting this match is a huge elevation from where he was. And I think Logan Paul actually likes Ricochet because I remember I saw some kind of clip where like Cody was on his show and he was, I forget what he was saying, but Logan Paul said something like, Oh, Logan was, I think he was trash talking like indie wrestling. And Cody was like, well, no, I was started on the indies too. And Ricochet was on the indies. And Logan Paul was like, Ricochet was on the indies. What? (laughs) (laughs) But I think he actually likes him and that he wanted to have this match is why I think this happened. And I I hope that they end up, if he wins that, like you said, that's a huge win. But just getting on here is an elevation and hopefully they have a bigger plan for him later on. And as we've seen, too, with WWE, I mean, Austin Theory beat John Cena, and who the fuck remembers that, right? <laughs> Austin Theory's not even on SummerSlam! <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they pulled his match, too. It was going to be him and Santos. Uh, and they so, said, no, we could just do that to SmackDown before. Yeah, so again, it's like, even with the win, I need to see Ricochet still on TV doing something meaningful, meaningful like a month from now. You know, so, but fingers crossed, it would be cool to see him finally break through. Um, you know, I think the main event scene can always use fresh people. And a Seth Rollins versus Ricochet world title match could be really cool. Oh, that would be like a perfect uh, stylistic matchup, I, I feel mm-hmm. like, on there. So that would be really cool. And I'd heard a rumor that he requested that this match go on first. So he's going to try and fly to that boxing match that, uh, um, Jake Paul is having versus Nate Diaz uh, later uh, on the night. So, uh, but that's in Texas. Uh, he's going to have to really rush if he wants to get from Detroit to Texas for that fight. But uh, overall, we'll do just for funsies. We'll have our predictions here. Uh, I'll go with Ricochet. I, I, I can't bring myself to pick Logan Paul. 
I'll go with Ricochet as well. Uh, yes, we're, we're one for one here. <laughs> That's it. No, this one we're probably going to go two for two on because, I mean, it's basically assured what will happen. Um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Uh, they Baszler. are. Yeah, 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 <laughs> not, yeah. Well, everyone knows it's going to happen because Ronda's leaving. I will oh, say, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that's why this feud happened how it did because last year, last month's turn was the most random <laughs> turn of all time, pretty much. And I think that they just wanted to get this. He's or but they, as in Ronda, wanted to get this feud out of the way before she left, helping her friend out, pretty much. And we were in store for some terrible promos <laughs> that that came afterwards between these two, but. You gotta go. I, I'm highly recommending you and to any listener that didn't see this. Go look up and find the video package they played for this. Uh, the sit down interview between Ronda and Shayna. Unquestionably, Ronda Rousey's best mic work in WWE by one million galaxies. Uh, they were fantastic. Uh, telling their story, telling how Shayna lived at her house rent free, uh, telling about how she trained her in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, Shayna had a great line saying, I was the one of the first people to hold Rhonda's baby. And I know that little girl because I, you know, she's like, I'm her godmother. And I know that little girl is going to hate me for what I do to her in that match. Um, it's excellent, excellent promos. And I'm not a big fan of these two, to be honest with you, uh, especially this year. I think Rhonda's had a pretty bad showing and her attitude. I think I, I think she's ready to be done, <laughs> to be honest with you at this point. But that promo was the golden era of her WWE career, uh, the the backstage segment they had or the sit down interview, the video package they had. So it was so good, uh, even though this feud was so rushed, didn't make any logical sense that she would turn on her wild tag champion. But they tried to just retcon that part of it and just talk about their personal rivalry. Uh, it was so good, but uh, Shane is definitely winning this. Uh, Ronda's going to leave uh, afterwards. So, uh, What do you think of the MMA rules aspect of this? What what will MMA rules in WWE entail? So, a few thoughts. <laughs> um, MMA rules, I feel like we saw Brock versus Kane, and that was just nothing. Like, <laughs> But... That's Brock doing, like, an MMA rules in Saudi Arabia. I did not expect them to, like, go out there and do anything meaningful. It was, like, two minutes, and then Brock basically got a Kimura and, like, avenged his real loss to Kane. So good for him. Um, I would love and hope that these two really put on, like, a clinic because, I mean, they could do some really cool stuff here, but, like, any sort of blood sport style match, right? Uh, I mean, UWF, whatever. It's yeah. – it's either so staged where it's like the person hitting like quarter tank, 10% like fast palm strikes over someone, or it's like, this feels like, you know, a Ledet UWF title match. Um, and I'm really hoping for the later. I, yeah, I didn't know Rondo was leaving. That's really cool though. She has like, <laughs> she is like, just no presence. Like when I hear about the review shows, when I watch stuff, when she comes out, I'm like, it's wild how much her star has diminished. Um, like, I feel like all she really has now is her name. Because I have anything. The peak her WE run was, I feel like her first match when she fought triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Um, 
And because everyone's like, oh, my God, it was still the peak of her celebrity, etc. And the longer she's been out of MMA, the worse she's done in WWE. I feel like the allure and, yeah, just like the sort of gloss of it all just vanished very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy she's leaving. Uh, I'm also not a big fan of Shayna either. Like her reign of terror in NXT yeah, was. I agree. I feel like really killed the women's division for me for a while. Um but, I mean, if anything, I don't think she's won a singles title yet, right? On the main roster still? Nope. Um, yeah, which is wild. Like, <laughs> she has been so poorly booked. Um, or not even poorly booked. She just hasn't been booked like, at all well. Um, oh, she bit Becky. I remember that now. Oh, don't make me remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, um, I mean, this is the ultimate rehabilitation, right? You quote unquote break Ronda Rousey's arm at SummerSlam. Yeah. Rousey gets written off. Um, again, it's just one of those things where Rhea Ripley's your champion on one brand. Um, you know, we'll talk about the other women's match later, but you know, if Oscar retains, I could see Baszler beating her. And then if Flair Belair win, though, I'm like, who is Baszler beating for this? Oh, well, um, they're on SmackDown. It, it, anyway, like they tried oh, to. Her- yeah. Oh, okay. Wait. So, what show is Baszler on? Uh, these are both Raw. Okay, and Rhea's Raw. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Baszler is Shayna gonna beat Rhea? I think that they they set up a great angle on Monday with uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Ripley, but Raquel's injured right now, so I could definitely see Shayna stepping up to Ripley. And Ripley's kind of like she's technically a heel, but almost kind of a babyface to the fans. So yeah. you could kind of do something like this. And Shayna's kind of leaning more of a babyface than Ronda in this feud as well. So I think this is kind of, we're going to start off a babyface Shayna versus Ripley. I could totally see that being a major program. I, I could get behind that. I personally think that Ripley is not a good champion. Like, even though she's a great talent, the fact is the storyline with Dom, it overshadows the women's division. That's why we're at points like this where she's not even on the show. Uh, at this point, they need to really try to refocus their booking on the title. And I don't know if they're going to do that as long as re- either break up the Judgment Day, which may happen. We'll talk about the <laughs> the main event match on this. Uh, but break up the Judgment Day and let Ripley be her ass kick herself. Or they're going to be too stuck on her and Dominic to really make her a good champion. And I think they've really s- struck that. And I think Shane is the type of person that has the credibility. Along with Rodriguez, they've done a great job with her as well. In my opinion. But I think Shayna, babyface Shayna coming out of this, what you said should be the finish of this match. Uh, Shayna breaking her arm and sending her off for, for, for good. Like, that should absolutely be how this ends. Um, but after the, the video package, they had a very emotional story. I think they could do a lot here with this overall. But, yeah, uh, Ripley's still on Raw and Shayna's on Raw as well. Weird. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I hope for a good match, and we will see what we get. <laughs> Do you think there'll be rounds, judges? Oh, okay, so they haven't... I would yeah, wish they just do a fight pit, but I guess that's NXT. Um, they did the fight pit with Riddle and uh, Seth last year. Ah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I'm just going to go off what Brock and Kane did, which was essentially a work shoot for two minutes, but it'll... Yeah. It'll be cool if they go rounds, whatever. Like I said, I mean, I hope they just come out and actually fight. I think that would yeah. be sick. <laughs> yeah, and Cain Velasquez, not Mayor Cain. Yeah, <laughs> like, 
I mean, these two pro- as well, like I think yeah. about how much they've trained together and how much they can probably do without like, they know each other very well. So yeah, I hope for something good. If this is Rousey's swan song, maybe at least try to have a second good match in WWE before you go. You know, that could be very cool. I, I have to admit, I'm about to confess something right now to you and in front of the whole world. Oh, wow. I liked Ronda's first run as champion, like facing Sasha and those and those folks around that era. I thought she did a pretty good job um, overall. And, and up to the WrestleMania main event, which unfortunately fell apart for all, all kinds of reasons, the triple threat match, which I was not a big fan of. I definitely think if it had just been Ronda and Becky and not Charlotte, forced in mm-hmm. it would have been so much better but i was a fan of her that run actually like probably more than most people the ever since she's come back like ever since that point that wrestlemania match didn't really work out she's just been real bad like that <laughs> <laughs> over over like really bad and often pushed but i remember on the draft episode they did they had Ronda and Shayna as, like, fourth-round picks, and I was thinking, man, when they brought Ronda in, she was the number one star, practically. Like, they put all yep. kinds of advertisements on Fox for her, and now she's, like, a mid-card pick, <laughs> pretty much. And that's, But it, it's on her performance, I think, more than any kind of booking or anything like that. I just don't think she's been able to find that spark that she used to have. And like you said, the further we get away from the UFC stuff, that stars just grow dimmer and dimmer, and, and I think it's time for her to kind of go. It, it'll depend on if she has passion to, for something like this again, but she's always going to be fighting the fans because she's kind of a, a jack-off in real, in real life at the end of the day. So the fans are always going to turn on her, uh, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes uh, overall. But I, I predict Shayna to win this. I think there's – I mean, it's WWE, so you never can tell. Maybe they have some kind of secret deal. Or maybe they just want to screw over Shayna for no reason, because it's a part of some pettiness. But I'm like 90% sure Shayna, Shayna will win this. Yeah, they're going to add in Jessamine Duke last minute, <laughs> make it a triple threat, and she's going to win. Oh, that could be their big jump, because uh, they couldn't. The, the Elite re-signed, so now yeah. they get Arena. <laughs> that, that, yes, that's their their secondary prize that they stole from AEW. It was Marina Shafir uh, on there, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next match, uh, I'm using Yahoo Sports's preview to talk about the match listing here. For the record, I'm not using Wikipedia because they're like Roman and Jay. That's going to be the main event. They have it like fourth, so that's uh, I, I don't trust Wiki for this one. I'm going to trust Yahoo. Their next match is Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes, and I mean they've had their ups and downs with, with this feud. I think it's about time for it to end. To be, to be honest, I don't think this has a juice because I know. On Monday, John and Way they talked about how does this have enough energy for a fourth match? I just I can't see that. I feel like this is sputtered to the finish line, and they're not even doing a gimmick match, which is what we all thought last month. Me and Scott talked about it after Money in the Bank. There's not even a gimmick to this. I think this should just be a blatant cut dry. Cody just wins, and we all move on from it. Although there are rumors that. Bray Wyatt could come back, and this would be his return feud versus Cody, which sounds like an atrocious idea. And I, I hope it's fake. Sorry, that is. I hope that happens. No, <laughs> no, don't do this to me. You can't do me like this, Mello. Oh my gosh! Uh... This is your turn. <laughs> this is my heel turn. I, okay, like. I am not a very big Cody Rhodes person. Um, 
And I think Brock Lesnar is like so painfully overrated. So many people be like, oh, he's such a great worker. Like he just really limits. And I'm like, but no, like he hits four F5s. That's it. Like Cody matches benefit from long duration, um, from like really good pacing. And I feel like Brock reminds me of Ridley Scott, you know, the director where it's like, when he wants to direct a movie or wrestle, like the last duel, it's, it can be good. But 95% of the time, he's like directing House of Gucci. And it's like, he does not give a fuck about being on set. I feel like he just wants to get in and out. Like, I always think of that story of Seth, who's like, what if we did this? And Brock's like, why? We're in the first match. And I'm just like, who gives a fuck, dude? Go out and wrestle a match. Like, it's just like everyone's like he has the best business mind. I'm like, cool, then let him write a business book. I want to watch wrestling and good <laughs> matches. So like, yeah. Um I think Cody should definitely win. Um like my issue with Cody is that every single thing he does is in like everyone's just waiting for him to beat Roman, right? So nothing feels very meaningful right now in the sense of like, because everyone is expecting him to get back to Roman. So I feel like until the rumble, Cody's on hold essentially in terms of like, because that's what everyone's waiting to see what happens. Right. And I think it's weird where, you know, Cena and rock, didn't they the second one or whatever, once in a lifetime part two, like that was set up (laughs) pretty far in advance or whatever. Like we all knew. Right. But this one, I feel like it doesn't have that connective tissue. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And, yeah, like you said, I don't think there's any juice in this. Um, I personally don't have an interest in seeing another match between the two. If Bray Wyatt does return and he feuds with Cody, that's just, like, I don't – I mean, granted, these are marquee feuds, right? These are the biggest names in the company. But um, I don't necessarily think that Cody's getting any benefit from it. Because, again, everything's just reflecting off the surface of, I didn't win the title at Mania. So that, That's true. Uh, I like the angle they did uh, with his mom, uh, that, that they had the front row, uh, where Brock was like, look at him, you raised a piece of shit. <laughs> Brock does have his moments where I can see why he's as popular as he is online. But normally I agree with you mostly. Like, his wrestling... Okay, so, like, for example... The Brock and Omos match at WrestleMania I thought was awesome because it was something different than what he always does because mm-hmm. all of his matches are always the same with him being this dominant force. Like you said, three F5s, suplex city, maybe you'll throw in a Kimura here or there. But that match was so different because he got to be the underdog, and I thought he did a great job there. So it's like his the thing is he's the ultimate. If he's motivated, he can be very good. But most of the time, that motivation level is so low that we end up with what we end up with, which I'm not a big fan of, personally. But Cody, I think he's a great, like, their vision of a top babyface, I think he fits really well, like a corporate champion type of guy. Uh, you, uh-huh. know, all, you know, kissing babies, giving the belt out to the, the kids, you know, always being a super babyface. He seems like a nice guy in real life. Uh, as well, even when he's in AEW and everyone hated him so much, uh, it felt like he was trying to be a good person to the best of his weird abilities, uh, pretty much. Now, let me ask you this. This match aside, there's something I need to go to Mamma about, my grandma, who always is a huge WWE fan. Uh, uh-huh. She always mentions to me, this to me whenever he comes out. And she's a fan of Cody. 
But do you think Cody has the best hair in wrestling? No, he has um, the knockoff version of El Lindemann's hair. That's true. <laughs> no, no. He, his hair is very clean, but I, I was just trying to think of a dig. He has very clean hair, yeah. Yeah, she she always mentioned that, like, no matter what beating he takes, there's never a hair out of place with Cody. Like, the hair is perfect, like, super. she calls him Superman hair, because it's always perfect. It's never out of place. What products does he use to make it stay like that? This is something I think we all need to take note of. Uh, you know, look at Cody's hair in this match. At the end of the match, it will be just as perfect as at the beginning. That that is my main prediction of this match. Maybe for the for the next episode of this show, I will beforehand I'll go to the Nightmare Factory, uh, sign up incognito, and then during one of the training sessions, I'll be like, "What hair products does everyone use here?" <laughs> just try to. <laughs> Try to get it to come out. So I could even maybe get QT's um, secret recipe as well. Oh, that's true. Ask him about if he's going to do a Lucha de Apuestas in, in Mexico with his uh, AAA work that he did, him versus Pentagon in the oh, brawl match. Oh, my God. That's right. I saw him use a light tube. That's that, that's right. Death wrestling match in 2023. Gotta love it. <laughs> These are the kind of scoops you won't get on the other shows right now. <laughs> but uh, I'll pick Cody just, just for fun here. I'm going to go with Cody, too. I feel like, I mean, I, I just, I don't see the point of a fourth match because I feel like this, it's the third one is the deciding factor, right? Um, or if, like, let's say the Fiend interferes. First of all, we need to explain how, where did Uncle Howdy go after he uh, leapt off the stage to his death uh, at Royal Rumble, where he missed L.A. Knight and leaped into the the wires? For they, no- um, they boiled him in like a vat of Mount Dew pitch black, kind of like Augustus Gloop in Willy Wonka. It was a very unfortunate accident. So. Rest in peace, Uncle yeah, Howdy. Rest in peace, Uncle Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that another more breaking news bit here. But if he does, let's say that happens. And Cody's next feud, he he gets away from this Brock stuff to feud with Bray Wyatt for whatever reason. That would basically set up, if they wanted to do this, Brock versus Seth for the title. Like, or Brock going for the title if they wanted to do that, depending on how the main event plays out. Oh, my gosh. It's Yeah, I mean, they totally could. I mean... Rollins is one of the few people that I feel like has multiple wins over Brock, right? Yep. And so one of those things where, yeah, Rollins could always use a new opponent. Um, I, I would be more interested in Rock Ricochet versus Rollins personally. Yeah. Me um, too. And yeah, I feel like Cody needs the win. I could, uh, if he faces the Phoenix, I just genuinely believe Ed can have a good, the Fiend. Like it's, I don't know. Or Bray Wyatt needs to start watching Cruel in like ICW No Holds Barred to get an understanding of how to no sell and tell a story. Um, so. Never before has someone said he needs to watch Cruel from ICW until uh, <laughs> the show. And now you have now you've you've seen it all, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Nello Nello brings to the table here. You got to keep an open mind. <laughs> I'm Me at two a.m. this morning watching him versus Brandon Kirk. So. I'm- Trying to have an open mind, Nello, but I can only go so far with the feet. <laughs> I'm only human right now. That, that, I think that was one of his promos where he was like, I'm, I'm still a man. I don't I don't want to be the fiend anymore. He was saying uh, one of his promos. So maybe he can come back as, uh, you know, 
That, well, there's so many versions of him. Who knows uh, what, what what they'll do? But I, I'm just gonna avoid that for now and just say Cody. Um, but yeah. I wish I wish the fiend well. He's been a He's given us all a lot to talk about and a lot to think about in his career, so uh, we will see. Uh, the next match has a match with very minimal build to talk about, but like I said, the great match between Guther and Chad Gable uh, was everybody should watch that, uh, which Gable technically got a win over in the five-minute challenge. Uh, Gable lasted, and they had a, a real match, which was very good. Uh, crowd was going crazy. Check it out. Hopefully they can beat that. Hopefully they can beat the... The match at WrestleMania they had, which was Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus, which was, to me, my favorite match probably of the whole year for WWE. Uh, like, great hard-hitting stuff. Drew's been in and out of Raw. I know there's been those contract rumors and things like that. But this, this to me, is my most anticipated match on the show in terms of wrestling quality. I think this is a match that I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be a tremendous match. I think... Uh, Gunther is just a few months away from breaking Honky Talk Man's IC title record, and that's why I'm going to pick Gunther for this because he's if he can last the Survivor Series, he'll have the record, and I think you want to have him break that before you drop the title. Even though I love Drew, uh, great babyface, great look, great wrestling, uh, good on the mic as well. He's got everything you want, but I think that Gunther getting the record is more important, and maybe we can run this back down the line. Yeah, so Gunther right now is, I'm looking it up on Cage Match, 35 days away from Honky Tonk. Oh, see, look at that. Only need a, a month or so away. So, yeah. Um, it's like, this is definitely going to be the best match on the card. Totally agree. I'm very excited for this. Um, I don't know if we've gotten a Gunther true singles match before. Um, yeah, that's like, a good point. Because I'm trying to think of, like, progress or evolve or something like that, but I'm not sure. Um, so this will be really cool. Like, the triple threat was phenomenal. We've seen the Sheamus matches are great. It's just two big boys full of beef that love to beat the shit out of each other. And that's, like, my favorite kind of wrestling. Um, I am interested to see, like... So Gunther, the thing I love about Gunther is he, like, doesn't cheat to win, right? Like, he's just a dominant heel, and that's my favorite yeah. kind of heel. It's like a Yuji Hino, a Gunther, where it's they're unstoppable. It's like Roman Reigns is such a chicken shit compared to Gunther, right? But he's, like, portrayed as this invincible guy, and I just, ugh. Um, but, yeah, like, I think what could be interesting, interesting is if Gunther maybe for the first time – maybe uses a little leverage from Ludwig and Giovanni to yeah. win this one, almost like an act of desperation to carry him to the the record. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, so I, I could maybe see them doing a little fuckery in this at the end to protect uh, Drew a little, because I think this is something you can get a couple more matches out of. Oh um, yeah, totally. And then, um, cause I'm interested to see if they're going to do a, uh, New Day style. Remember when um, they had like run the gauntlet to essentially retain yeah. the record? Um, yeah. I think something like that would be really cool. But yeah, I'm going to go with Gunther. I'm really excited. I love that idea. And they've just scratched the surface on what these two can do together on a TV build. Because, like I said, Drew, he had the match with Ludwig on Raw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, had a decent promo segment, good promo. But... Nothing really too advanced to like what you're saying. If they could hit that, I totally love the idea. 
I have no problem with Drew beating Gunther uh, for, for the title or anything like that, but I think they should give him the record first. And I love your idea because on Raw, they told a little bit of a story where Gunther challenged Kaiser pretty much where he was saying, uh, you know, I'm very disappointed in you. You know, you shouldn't lose to Matt Riddle. Uh, you need to do better. And he was kind of, you know, giving him the riot act. But then he put a match. He was like, well, you can redeem yourself by beating Riddle tonight. And Kaiser won uh, with the deadfall, Sonata's move, uh, in, 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 in uh, Kaiser's new finisher there that he had. But Kaiser won, and they shook hands all as well back with the, the Imperium again. But they had that little tease there that Gunther is uh, a little bit – things aren't all perfect with the group as well. So I think that could be a long-term build uh, as well with them because uh, you've seen the stuff with Vinci before where they left him behind a few weeks ago after he got injured. Uh, this week, Kaiser was kind of in the doghouse, but he did win to bring it. You know, he, he Everything's good for now, but I like the little tease. That's something maybe three months from now we could see something where they yeah. break off. Anytime a rain gets this long, I think, like, you need someone who benefits from it. And Drew and Sheamus have really reached, like, the top, you know, where yeah. anything they do now is just kind of like I feel like um, it's like additional stuff, right? Yeah. Um, it's just bonus. And so I would love to see an Imperium triple threat for the title. Like, it's yeah. the same thing as, like – you know, I wish Muto didn't beat fucking go for the title. Like it would have been, it's always yeah. nice to see like new people win. It's the same thing with like, you know, we'll get into Reigns and Uso or whatever, but yeah, I just, it, it's always frustrating to see like someone beat this like absolutely unstoppable champion whose career just remains absolutely the same afterwards. Um, cause it, it to me, it's like that passing, right? Of the torch is like yeah, the most delicate, important thing in wrestling um, because you're essentially like, it's like, hey, here's my 454-day title reign. I'm going to give this to you now, and this is the foundation for your story, right? And so if the foundation's shit, then thanks a lot for the past 450 days. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a great point. But I, I think there's potential in Kaiser uh, after Imperium 2. Uh, they even did the tease of the promo where Drew said, hey, I think Kaiser should be the leader of Imperium. Like, he's way better than you, Gunther. Uh, and Gunther was like, what? But they planted <laughs> little seeds uh, between them. I think if you had uh, gave Kaiser a huge win over Gunther and made like springboarded that into something, I think Kaiser could be a, a very good babyface. When he was in WXW, he was a fantastic singles champion uh, as well. Uh, in addition yeah. to the group, the group is so strong though. I don't think anybody like you know. I can understand if somebody doesn't want them to break up. Period. But I think if you wanted to, you could tell a great story with Kaiser being the one to dethrone Gunther and get an intercontinental run of his own and be kind of a good upper mid card babyface. He's got the. I think he's a really good promo. Uh, Kaiser is very unique style. A great presence mm -hmm. to him. He's got, but uh, you know, a lot of it does swing heel a little bit. But if you watch his WXW work, he does have a little bit of babyface in him as well. Uh, if you want to do it, so I think that would be a very cool direction. Like I said, all three of them together for the title, I'd be all for that. I think I think Kaiser has a little bit more overall. Vinci, he's a good wrestler, but we don't really know anything about him as a promo. He's kind of like you know a good wrestler who's like the uh, third man, like lackey type of guy at this point. I think with them as well, they have like a Blackpool Combat Club sort of feel in the sense yeah. of like, if we saw Claudio, Yuta, and Mox in a triple threat, 
right? It's going to end with handshakes. So, like, yeah. I could see Gunther being frustrated, but then, like, shaking Kaiser's hand, right? And yeah. then while Kaiser is doing the Intercontinental, Gunther moves on to the world title scene. Because yeah. I think that whenever Gunther, like, to me, Gunther is the choice to beat Rollins. I totally agree. Yep. So I think, like, that would be the next logical step is I think you can keep Imperium together. And I think, you know, I'm sorry, I keep saying I think. The big story, right, is, like, Kaiser trying to essentially really earn Gunther's respect overall. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you can just earn his respect and not break up the group, but it's WWE, so usually yeah. they conflate the two together, but we'll see. And I think there's potential for all three of them as babyfaces in, in, in the future, like, long-term future. Remember when Gunther was in the Royal Rumble, everybody was talking about his run, uh, even as mm. much as Cody, who won. Uh, yeah, because Gunther's in the babyface position, dude. He's been in there for like an hour and 50 yeah, minutes. <laughs> but, it, but it helped Gunther, even though it was bad for yeah. the overall story at the end of the day. So I think all three of these guys have babyface potential. Um, Gunther and Ed Kaiser both especially. But I like Vinci too. It's just he, they don't really give him a lot uh, story-wise. But uh, the fact of the matter is this will be a banger. Uh, Gunther and Drew uh, could be a match of the year candidate for WWE. At least in my opinion. Uh, women's title match on SmackDown. We got three more matches to go. Uh, triple threat match. Charlotte Flair versus Bianca Belair versus Asuka. To bring it back to the start of the show, Trisha Becky is way hotter than this program in my opinion. But I also understand they want at least a women's title match on the show. Uh, but I mean, it's not like an AEW thing where the women's division is super criticized. Uh, they have matches, you know, they're, they're giving them features. It's just the, the stuff is bad. <laughs> like the, the content is bad, unfortunately, with this one. I, my prediction is this, because I think this feud is so cold as I think Charlotte, Charlotte is such a bad performer, in my, in my opinion, like uh, in the ring and on, especially on the mic. I think her promos are among the worst uh, to me. Like she, they always drag on; they're always the same stuff over and over. She's really made two otherwise great wrestlers who have good matches. Like I thought the the Saudi match was very good, and I thought the WrestleMania match was really strong uh, between Oscar and Bianca. But this feud has no heat to it at all. Uh, there's nothing there. They kind of did a little bit of a tease of Bianca going heel, but that's really gone by the wayside as well. It doesn't feel like there's any real story. So to me, I think this is when they pull the trigger on EO uh, here. Like you get you get the big pop at the end. Uh, yeah, you could you could have uh, Bailey's injured, so you know you could tell a story with that. You don't have to worry about any shenanigans with Bailey wrecking things, which I think a lot of people thought. I think just give EO the title and uh, try and restart this division because even despite the talent level of these folks, it's just this is not working what they're doing, and I think they need a complete refresh. And I think EO is the way to get there. Asuka. You could even they they'll probably do it with Charlotte winning <laughs> to be honest like, since it is WWE uh, and bra- break the record but either you could have Bianca win and maybe Oscar missed her afterwards and then EO runs into cashed in and EO gets the title and that sets up more stuff in the future or you could have Oscar win and EO goes after that sets up our big uh, you know Japanese wrestling fan EO Oscar dream match that that we all want uh, you know you could go either way. Uh, but I think EO cashes in. Uh, I'll go with Asuka just because that's the match I want to see most, just the natural pairing of it. But I I think either one can win, but I think EO's cashing in the title here. Well, what about you? Or cashing in the money in the bank? 
Charlotte Flair is the boogeyman of the women's division. Like, any time I see her inserted into a match, I'm just like, this should have been a singles. Like, she <laughs> always finds a fucking way into a triple threat. Um, so, like I said, I listen to all the post post shows, right? Um, I cannot tell you a single thing about this feud. Like, I've listened to all the reviews. I've listened to all the recaps. But I genuinely have no idea what's happening in it still. Like, nothing from it has even stuck. Um, I love Bianca. I love Asuka. Pretty much the same feelings on Charlotte. It's like a Brock thing. When she wants to go, she can. But true, it's it's very much like um, trying to think of like a I don't know a comparison. But there's no like Charlotte doesn't have a lasting presence. So to me, she's almost like a device WWE uses when they feel like something isn't strong enough. Charlotte is just their go-to to, like, throw in to make it feel bigger. But because she only really exists in, like, that sense, to me at least, she just, like, anytime she gets thrown in, I'm like, all right, you're just telling me you don't fucking care about this match on paper then, right? Because, um, again, like, I mean, it's the same thing as Becky and Ronda. It's the same thing as Oscar and Bianca. And I'm just like, God, remember um, – Bianca and Rhea, like for the NXT title, all this shit, dude. And just, I don't get it. Um, I really hadn't thought about EO cashing in. I kind of forgot about Money in the Bank already, but I would <laughs> love that. Um, like you said, there's a couple ways they can do it. When you, if, if Charlotte pins Asuka, wins the title, and then EO pins Charlotte, I will flip because they're just so obsessed with getting her title reigns, right? Yeah, the most, <laughs> most title reigns ever. And that's the thing, again, too, is it's like she has this insane portfolio, but then when you look at it, you're like, these are fake diamonds, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of them, but, like, this is one carat zirconium or whatever the fake shit is. That, um, there you go, cubic zirconium. That yeah, is your name on this Charlotte show. Charlotte Flair is cubic zirconium. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's her. Um, <laughs> and, like, I don't know. I think, um, obviously, if EO – pins someone that would be great like and then just because i think that her versus oscar then right oscar yeah. like if eo pins um you know i'm trying to think of a ripple effect eo pins bianca thus bianca turns heel and then oscar has a reason to chase eo for the title she didn't lose and then charlotte flair can disappear again until she's put into the triple threat at survivor series <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Brilliant WWE thinking there on your part. Thank you, thank you. But um, yeah, I I think this is the time though. I just think this this whole feud, it just I love Oscar so much. I have my family has bought me five shirts of Oscars, I think, or three or four <laughs> at least. I never buy merchandise, but they always know that I love Oscar and Brian Dennison. Uh, so they've given me a bunch of her shirts and a Kubuki Ward shirts as well. I've got two of those. But this title reign's not doing it for me. And I also think the heel turn stuff, how are you going to get – How is who is going to boo her over Charlotte? You know, at, at the end of the day, like that's – you're in a, you're already booking yourself into a tough spot. And Bianca, they've kind of wavered on will she go heel or not. So it's been a really cold feud overall. I think they should – if it were me, they need to just reset Asuka just as her true self, like babyface uh, self. Uh, and Bianca – I think she's a great babyface on her own. I just don't think they've used them very well. And being on SmackDown is tough because it's the curse of SmackDown. If you're not in the bloodline angle, you're basically on the bench. 
like no matter who you are. Sure. And, and I think that's hurt them a lot. You know, if this were a raw feud, I think they could have gotten a little bit more out of it. But then I think the character of Asuka limits it too because we saw Asuka and Bianca's feud at WrestleMania. There, that was really not a lot of build up to it uh, that you could really point your finger at. And the same thing here. There's not a lot of build up. There's just nothing to point to. So uh, I'll go with Asuka. I think that's the cleanest way. I'm not. I'm never a big fan of like, oh, so and so wins the title and then loses it right away. Uh, I want good title reign. So I will avoid the Asuka trap or the Charlotte trap yet, and I will put Asuka over as the champion, and then hopefully that. EO pinning her. You, you could have that could be Bianca's heel turn. Yeah. Uh, after the match, she destroys Asuka because that's been her gimmick on two. Is that like I, I'm tired of waiting in line? I'm tired of all this. Why is it a triple threat? <laughs> and that could lead to her snapping, destroying Asuka afterwards. Or you have Charlotte Destroyer. Either way, it's fine. Uh, but EO comes out, hits the moonsault, big pop, new babyface champion that we can all get behind. Uh, that, that's my pick. Yeah, I'm going to pick you as well. Yeah. Of course. That's right. Not even in the match, but uh, we, we're going to go with her. And uh, speaking of Money in the Bank, the big program on Raw has been the world. It's not really been the big program, but uh, but the big program for the world heavyweight title has been Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, a rematch of last month with Money in the Bank. And their whole story has been – obviously, it dates back to last month where they had the promo where the fans drowned Finn out. With singing Seth's songs, and it just ruined the whole segment. And, and I felt really bad for Finn because he was trying to cut this emotional program, promo, but they just were not having it uh, at all. Here they did a segment backstage this month where Finn cut a very serious promo on Seth, and basically saying he's going to take everything away from him that he took from him from seven years ago with mm-hmm. the Universal title where he won, famously got injured, and had to give it up the next day. I think. I don't dislike these two. I just think that the thing with Seth is I'm not a fan of his character at all. I've said it before on this show. I think that he's a guy that his matches are always high energy. He like has a great move set. He has a lot of great energy in his matches. Uh, but he's not a guy, a great psychological worker to me. He, he's just a guy that's a great athlete great move set, big spots, always knows how to get the crowd involved. But for me as a fan, a more serious fan, he doesn't really do it for me as a character. And as a wrestler, I think he could be a little bit more well-rounded too, outside of just his uh, very impressive, admittedly, athletic achievements. Uh, Finn, he's, he, to me, he's just so cold. Uh, I don't, I'm not really a fan of his work. I thought their match last month was really underwhelming. And it's hard for me to really get involved in this. I know Judgment Day has been the apple of everybody's eye on Raw, kind of their main storyline. Obviously, Dominic very over. But Finn, for me, I think Priest is a better wrestler than Finn and has a much better presence than he does. I, I think that this match is kind of cold. I think Seth will win, but the big drama is going to be what Priest does with the money in the bank because this whole time of teasing dissension at Judgment Day, like will he cash in? Uh, at first he made, made sure Finn was like, we're cool. I get Seth. and will Priest cash in? And they even said, like, what if he cashed in on Finn? Like even if Finn won, what if he turned on him? Uh, so they've been teasing that, too. I don't know what's going to happen in this match. I think you could go a number of different ways. But I think, for me, the simplest explanation is just Seth wins 
and we we kick the can on this for another month until we get a firm breakup between Balor and, and Priest. Word. Okay. So, yeah. No, I mean, like, very similar thoughts again. Um, it's funny because, like, I feel like there's not enough drama on here because we, we have very similar opinions. But, yeah, like, Rollins is someone – he is, like, a – He's very Hollywood in the sense where it's a roller coaster, yeah. but once you get off, there's like not a lot of lasting effect. Um, and like I like a lot of Rollins matches, but I can't yeah. tell you about a lot of Rollins matches. I can be like, yeah, he hit that crazy like um, roll through superplex Phoenix splash thing, you know, and like that's always impressive. But the drama of the matches, and like I'm again, like I wasn't even a big Seth Cody person. Um, like the whole Cody Rhodes and the torn peck thing. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh, I hiked 14 mountain peaks in two months. And it like, I feel like it sets these unhealthy standards for other people in industries where they feel like they have to conquer these extremely dangerous and like unnecessary and sort of unconquerable feats. Um, and again, it, it like, you know, when you watch the Cody documentary, I saw a clip and after that match, Vince is like, oh, you really earned it. And Bruce is like, yeah, he really earned some respect here. I'm like, why did he have to tore his fucking pectoral muscle <laughs> off the yeah. phone and wrestle 30 minutes to earn some respect? Like, he's showing up to his job. He cares. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> people, like wrestling is such a dangerous sport, you know? Um, and I digress. But, yeah, like, I'm excited for this program to end because I – like, I think Priest was the wrong person for the money in the bank because he sort of overshadows this feud. But in a way where, like, if Balor or Priest win, I don't really see, like, what the world title scene is like after that. Like, yes, it's yeah. fresh. But it really feels like Rollins is the workhorse that's here to essentially, like, rebuild a main event scene that's, like, seen frequently. Um And so long as he's that poster boy, like... I don't know. It, it just, the Finn Balor and Damian Priest thing feels so different compared to a world title match, I guess, that it's just yeah. hard for me to kind of unpack it all. But I'm going to go with Rollins just because, and again, like I'm saying this with Foresight that I used once, um, it was the Wrestle Kingdom year where Ibushi lost twice in a row. And before it started, I did like an hour long speech on why it made sense that he would win both nights. Um, so I can be very <laughs> wrong. Um, but like, I could see Ricochet going over Paul. And since Seth and Paul feuded before, right? I feel like Ricochet is your next world challenger. And then maybe Balor and Priest feud. Yeah. I don't know. Like, the only way I see Balor and Priest feuding is if Priest cashes in and doesn't win though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it feels like if you cash in, it doesn't really make sense. The only thing I could see is maybe they do – he pulls a Seth, like cashes in, in the, at a climactic moment of the match to make it a triple threat to mm -hmm. where – and then Seth somehow like pins Balor anyway, like somehow in it. And they could even say something like, oh, like Finn's pissed at Priest for ruining his title shot. He's like, I, well, I didn't I didn't cash in on you. I cashed in on Seth. That type of thing. You got it first. I came in. It's like, so you get kind of a good heel propaganda <laughs> that Priest <laughs> used to to justify this clearly heelish action. And you also save Seth from beating Priest one-on-one. -on because -one. I, I just, I don't see a lot of mileage in Finn anymore as a main event player. Like, he doesn't feel like that guy. 
uh, to me. I think Priest has upside. I thought he did fantastic work uh, earlier in the year, especially against Bad Bunny uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the buildup. And obviously the match was like a smoke and mirrors type of match, but I thought he did a great job in there. Uh, I really like him. Him versus Seth last month was a really strong match as well. Priest and, and, and Seth I thought was great, much better than Seth and Finn. Uh, I think there's mileage to him. Finn, I just really can't buy at that level, at least in his current incarnation. I think there needs to be a little bit more heating up. He needs a dramatic moment. And maybe their their idea for that is to give him the title. Because the thing is with Seth, he's a fine champion. Again, for what they want out of him, you cannot deny the fans love his song and singing it every time he comes out. But I don't think he needs the title either. I, I thought they were on to something with him defending it every week, being the workhorse champion and rebuilding, like you, like you were saying. I thought that was great. But this month, they've moved away from that to more of this Judgment Day drama, and Seth doesn't feel like an integral part of the show during this title reign. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens, this, this match ultimately feels like more of a setup to whatever happens next than a climactic ending on its own that we've been waiting for. Yeah, no, and you know, I say like I can't picture what a Damian Priest main event scene looks like as well, but I definitely could not picture what a Sonata one looked like. Um, and I feel like that's been a pretty good injection in the arm too. And like you said, I forget about Priest's work earlier this year with Bad Bunny, and you know, I think that's a moment within the company where you earn respect without having to tear your fucking pectoral muscle off the bone. <laughs> so that's um, true. That's a good I, and, like, you know, I think of Tam in Stardom, right, and how Rossi was like, well, she is getting older, and, like, you want to pull the trigger when you can. And Priest is, like, in that age now where I feel like if they're going to push into the main event, this is the time now. Um, so, yeah. But then it's like, damn, does Finn just keep feuding with Damien? I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't think, think it's... The I guess, stuff, I just isn't that great to me. <laughs> like overall, like just in terms of a story, like an interesting story to me, it's it's over because Dominic is like so over. But it's I don't get the sense that this drama has a place in too many people's hearts overall with Finn and, and Priest. Yep, it's um it's an unpredictable outcome for better or worse. So, are you gonna go with Seth? I'm gonna go with Priest. I'm gonna go Dark Horse oh, again. Okay. I'm gonna go, go with two Cashins. That would be interesting if if they did that. That would at least be something good if they wanted to do that uh, overall. I also think if they wanted to, if they follow up your idea of Ricochet getting a title shot, him versus Priest could be a really good match as well, like in a main event. I, I'd be true. totally down for that. And that would wanted. be the most fresh world title match. Yeah. Like, imagine six months ago, I'm like, hey, Damian Priest versus Ricochet world title. You're like, how many people got fired? <laughs> Is there anyone left? <laughs> Hey, sometimes life works in mysterious ways. You get that celebrity bump between Bad Bunny and, and Logan Paul. Like, that, that's what got them there. Yeah. No, I mean, again, it's like Sonata versus Yodosuji Dominion world title match. You're like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah one match. It happens. It happens. Uh, it does. And what's going to happen to the main event of the show? Undisputed universal title, even though he has three titles uh, with the three belts involved with it. Roman Reigns defending against Jey Uso. In tribal combat. What does this entail, you ask? I don't know. They're probably going to announce this uh, on SmackDown, give the full rules of it, uh, pretty much. But basically, 
they're like, no, just it's basically a hardcore match. Like, whatever this is, it's going to be a, a weapons match and all kinds of stuff with this. I think everybody listening to this probably knows about the bloodline and stuff. That's the one thing that's important uh, on SmackDown, pretty much. And the big buildup has been the bloodline, which is Roman and, and Solo Sokoa. They took out Jimmy Uso, sent him to the hospital. And every week they've been cutting promos. Jay has been cutting promos about, uh, you know, that he wants revenge on Roman, going to take him out. And Roman, being his cocky self, uh, pretty much, and sitting backstage for two hours every week doing nothing. <laughs> it seems like this, which they often like showing. God. Uh, the, which we all know and, and know. What a boring man. Like, does he, yeah. does he watch TV? Does he have a Switch? Like, do, so, do you have a hobby, Roman? Good point. What, what, what kind of do you think? What if he played Fight Forever and he was dissatisfied with it, and that's why that's what's led to this? Really, Fight Forever's lack of updates has led to Roman being boring, just completely shutting his family. He's like shutting down internally. It's like I just don't get why the acclaimed are in it from launch. Exactly. He has <laughs> the two. Like he, the Roman knows. Roman knows. Uh, he, he didn't want to play. He doesn't want to play as John Silver. He wants to play as the Kashida. But they took it away from him, and now the tribal chief is pissed, and that's what led to this all. And uh, they've also had a side story of Solo, um, kind of teasing where his allegiance has been because we've seen him get involved and do stuff. They had a spot where the the lay that Roman always wears was dropped in the ring and Solo picked it up but held on to it just a little too long before he got attacked and Roman was like, hey, what's going on? Just a little tease like that. He tried to attack Jay at the signing of the the tribal combat match uh, they had and Roman stopped him actually. like He was like, no, family can't get involved in, in this. Like, you know, that's part of the rules of <laughs> tribal combat uh, they had there. And yeah, so they've they've done a, a lot with this storyline. Everybody talks about it and all. I just wish there was more, you know, like I said, more action to this. But it's been the slow burn, which has been the the trademark of this whole deal. Like it's all it's always been a slow burn the whole time. But we're getting to the tribal combat match, a well deserved main event for Jay. I would say getting here, which is kind of the natural end to this storyline. Uh, do they pay it off here? This, to me, makes the most sense for a payoff. Like, this is where the story began. The entire Bloodline feud from, like, beginning to now, this is the ending. This makes the most sense to me. And I don't know. I'll be honest. This is my big heel turn, right? Like, if the Bloodline has a million haters, I'm one of them. If there's a hundred, I'm one of them. If there's only one, it's me. And if there's none, I'm dead, you know? Like, I fucked that thing up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I like am so, <laughs> I'm just so over the bloodline. Like, there's something like these men are allergic to acting with their eyes. Every single thing they convey is through, like, these, like, puckered lips and, like, chewing <laughs> inside their mouth. And I'm like, are you just eating bubble gum? Like, and yes, I'm hard on this just because, like, I work in film and shit, but yeah, I just like freaking producer. So you, you would know this. And it's like a lot of like wrestling. I don't come to wrestling for like really great acting. Right. But when you're going to make your matches more about storytelling in the sense of like, there's five minute sequences where there's not a single move and people are just looking at each other and being like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm just like, 
it's so stupid. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like they have really milked everything they could out of this in terms of like, to me, the peak was the Sami Zayn stuff. Like, that was the best it got in terms of like the actual story and the acting and everything. I felt like Sammy brought levity and variety to it in terms of the way that he acted in comparison to the rest of the bloodline, which is again, the same, like chewing my gut, like chewing the inside of my cheek pretty much. Um, Tribal combat rules. I have no idea. Um, Like the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, Apollo Crews, Biggie Nigerian drum fight match where maybe it's just like, it's like a street fight with like more cultural items. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but like the recognition of the tribal chief thing, right? Like that's what sticks out to me. And I'm like, okay, if Jay loses and then just has to acknowledge Roman again, like what the, f- like we are yeah. right back to where we are. Um, so I feel like Reigns having to acknowledge Jay. And again, this is one of those things where I'm like, I don't see Jay Uso's universal champion, but why not? Like, you know, um, more than anything, I just don't want Roman Reigns on this show anymore. Like you said, he has completely overshadowed everything, and I'm not getting anything new. Like, I know people are very, very into this. I totally respect that. It's yeah. long-term storytelling in WWE for the first time in a very long time, right? So for hardcore WWE fans, absolutely, this is a great story. Um, But it's just, like, it's just not for me. They strung it along so far. And I think, like, people kind of forget, like, it really wasn't good until Sammy got involved, I feel like. At least for me. Like, dude, so many matches of just the same shit. And it was like, there was no clear trajectory. There was no path in in mind, right? Like, it was like, okay, Drew at Clash in the Castle. Surely this is it. They've made it the most sense. And then it doesn't. And it's just back to the drawing board, right? And it turned into something where no one's benefiting from Roman except the Usos. <laughs> like, you know, no one's getting put over in these world title matches. Um, like, I remember the one with Owens where they had to stop that count and how bad, like, I don't know. Oh, I focus that- too much on the negative. Yeah. yeah, but it's, I don't know. I, what do you think? Like, to me, this is where the story ends and makes the most sense. I think if you look at booking wrestling like like you would again you're such a talented producer and such a movie uh, expert in general and script writer and, and all that stuff if you're writing a book this is the end of their story like it's the natural end if you just want it don't worry about metrics or ratings or any of that stuff just the story this mm-hmm. is the perfect end to have Jay win although there here's another thing I don't like about this whole deal. There's going to be a million run-ins on this match, and we know that. Like what, whatever they do in this match, in the their just one-on-one fight, doesn't matter. Like this match will not start until either A, Jimmy, B, Solo, or C both run in, which I think they will both get in there eventually. <laughs> and now the drama could be what like what will happen? Like will Solo stay with Roman? Will he turn on Roman? And you could have all the Uso brothers united, and Roman finally, you know, the Kraken has been slayed. You know, it's the end of the line for the tribal chief. Uh, I, I will say, I thought the build-up angle where they had the title on the table, he put the lay on the title, I thought was really well done. And I like the – they've really leaned into their Samoan heritage for this match. 
uh, when they were like, when Jay talked that, I love the idea of him ripping up the contract and be like, we don't need no contract. Uh, and he was like, uh, Roman was saying that he was like, do the elders know about this? And Jay was like, it was their idea <laughs> on there. He was like, it's their ideas. And they have done a great job with that and, and try, trying to give – I love the representation of the Pacific Islanders uh, in, in wrestling. They have such a great family history. Uh, Samoan uh, heritage is so good. Uh, I would love to see if they – I wish they would lean into that more. I'd love to see, like, Rikishi and the Wild Samoans and Samoan – you know, all of them <laughs> come in there. Uh, I would love to see if they're all a part of this somehow. But I think that there's, this angle is so played out now where you know – you can almost say how it's going to happen. Just like last month in the tag match, that match was so boring to me. Uh, like, there was mm-hmm. a ton of energy to it all. And it was great that Jay got the win. I think that's one good thing about it is that – like any kind of fracture, like any kind of crack in Roman's armor in terms of a loss will go a mile because of how they built him up. But the story doesn't lend itself to that because, like you said earlier, he shouldn't be hailed as this great champion. He should be hailed as a gutless coward. Like that, that is his entire character, like a very insecure man who needs everyone to save his ass constantly while acting like he's the big dog. You know, of the yard, the tribal chief, whatever. Uh, you know, they don't really work it like that. Although they've kind of, they've kind of said that a lot more now that things are falling apart. They've kind of alluded to maybe he's not as great as. That. But they need to go all the way with it. What you said is the perfect ending for the story, and I agree with you that as a TV program, it's so over, so popular. It's hard for me to see them ending it right now before a WrestleMania match, which you would think would be Cody. I know a lot of people that have been rumors about The Rock. Uh, there's rumors of The Rock going to be on the show. Mm, that would be interesting. I mean, and dude, again, I'm like, if it just turns into Rock and Roman at Mania, I'm like four years for this. Yeah. Like, so The Rock can come back for a one-off. And like the whole Cody thing, too. Cody came in at WWE two years into Roman's reign. Right? Wins the Rumble, and that's it, and he loses. Cody won the Rumble, and he lost to Roman. Jay Uso has been oppressed and abused by yeah. Roman for four fucking years. Exactly. For, to, like, to factor in Cody as, like, the conqueror is so... I don't know. I feel... like, And I say this, like, actively right now, so I'm realizing it's just, like, he doesn't factor into Roman's story at all. He's yeah. someone who Roman beat his ass, just like Rollins, just like Owens... Just like Sammy and Sammy factored in more, they got their comeuppance, right? Yeah. And now it's just like Jay is the ultimate baby face against Roman. Like we said, it started here. It should end here. Yeah. And if Jay is just the stepping stone to the rock, then I'm out. Like that's <laughs> – and again, like I look at it from – I mean we all look at it, I feel like, from the perspective of like – storytelling and enjoyment and they're going to look at it from you know how many seats can we put here in philly uh for night two of mania let's say let's say that they even go with roman and rock why does that need the title yes right yeah they can still do that but just not with the title yeah, but they love to do shit with the titles. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. If, if there's anything that, like wrestling bookers love to do, it's put a title on someone and then have them not defend it. I swear, like I just don't don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why that is a thing now. Uh, you know, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I don't know why that's become this big thing. 
even before Roman with Brock, it was the same way where he'd wrestle like once every four months uh, for the title. Why can't I, they're trying to do that with Seth. I just, I don't know, but let's go over some potential finishes here and I'll ask your opinion on how good they would be in your mind. At least Word. the first option, Roman just beats Jay. No interference, just a clean beating. I, that would be the first time. Yeah, the worst option. <laughs> and it would be the stupidest one uh, for this program. Like, that would totally kill the Usos, <laughs> pretty much, if that happened. Um, what about Jay just beating Roman one-on-one clean? No, no shenanigans. <sighs> like, that's cool, but... Like, I mean, I would be very happy, right? I think that's incredible, especially if Jimmy's out and then Jimmy comes out at the end, celebrates whatever. Yeah, um, like, I would like it more if Jay came out and, like, because, you know, family can't get involved and they bring people like, um, you know, um, Sammy and Kevin, right, come out and, like, support Jay. Like, I think this is the time where, oh, my God, what is it? Um, You know, like when all the ghosts from the past come back yeah. and kind of bite Roman in the ass. Like oh, this is awesome. right. And I think like, this is the moment where you can kind of have like the accumulation of Roman's abuse comes back to bite him in the ass. But the pinnacle of that is Jay. Like he is yeah. and always has been the focus ever since Jay joined Roman. The whole focus has been when is Jay going to turn and break free? Right. It's never been, which could you going to do? And I'm just like, Cody's, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry. No, I love that idea, though. <laughs> like, that's something I didn't even think of. <laughs> but if you look at it, <laughs> every week on Raw, they're always asking Sammy about what happened to the bloodline. Not SmackDown prior. That's really been his story. He doesn't have a tag title shot on the show because KO's injured right now. Uh, but Kevin was always like, oh, we don't give a crap about the bloodline. Don't ask us about them. But now mm. Kevin's out. So Sammy's on his own. This could that's- be his chance to take think- back in. Yeah, like Sammy coming back and helping Jay, I think also validates the humanity in Jay for him. Because Sammy and Jay still don't have that resolution because we know, like, they have that very, like, undertones, like, love for each other, right? But it's the, the inability for both sides to express at the same time. And I think Sammy coming out at this moment and supporting Jay, you know, when Sammy's brother is out injured, when Jay's brother is out injured yes. and they're able to come together one last time, that's my dream pick. Oh, yes. That's the best possible option to me. Uh, like, if, if that could happen, that would be such a great resolution to the storyline. And like you said, they could, you know, family can't get involved. But Roman said he's not an Uso. Like already, like like he declared that he's not family. So I love that idea. That is what I really hope happens. I didn't even think about it until we did the show, and I really hope <laughs> that happens now. Uh, overall, Me too. oh man, that would be amazing. Uh, do you think wh- what's more likely? So a solo turning on Roman, B Jimmy coming out to help and helping Jay, or C Jimmy coming out and turning on Jay, which is an idea that's been floated about. Ooh, like. I guess with Solo and Roman, like, if Roman loses the title, I don't know how often he's on TV, right? I feel like yeah. without the title, he kind of just disappears. Um, So, god damn, because then it's like, okay, let's say Roman wins, 
and Solo turns on him. Then I imagine they do Solo and Roman for the title. Then they do Rock and Roman, whatever. But uh, now I'm just scope creeping again. But out of these three, I mean, I would say Jimmy. Or no, I would say, fuck. I would say Roman asking Solo for help and kind of like Wardlowing MJF where he just sort of walks out. I could see that more so than him attacking him. It's just uh, more neutrality because, like, family can't inter- like family yeah. can interact, right? So it's yeah. like respecting that that like um, boundary, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I would love that. I, I do think that the end game of all this should be a big solo push uh, coming out of, out of this. Uh, you know, whatever happens with Roman, because like you said, if he loses, it just goes away. I do like the idea of Solo putting that final nail in the coffin, uh, pretty much. Like, he lost his title, he lost everything, and then Solo is the last one to, to fall, finally. Maybe Heyman turns on Roman inside, inside with Solo there, because I, I love Solo. I think he's a great character. Just He, he carries himself so well. Uh, he's not a great wrestler, but these Roman matches aren't great matches <laughs> either, <laughs> so some would say. Uh, I think Solo's well enough. Listen, I saw this man have a good match with Boa in NXT. And I'm, and I'm Chinese, and I'm saying this, okay? <laughs> like, Boa sucked. We all know that. But he still had a good match with him. So uh, I respect him. I think he's a great presence, great for the power guy role. I think if you gave him a big angle, the fans would really get behind him, too, as a badass type of dude. So I do think that should be some kind of end game. I don't know if it'll happen now or not, but I man, I love that idea of Sammy being the, being the one to help Jay and that being the end game of all of this. Duh, that's like your your best idea in a life of great ideas that you've had. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's that's gonna be my prediction. I'm gonna stick with it and hopefully manifest it. Me too. I like you talked me into it. I was gonna say. <laughs> At first, I just say they can't resist their ratings, but you know what? They've already got the ratings. They can still do stuff with uh, Roman afterwards. You know, it doesn't have, mean he has to go away right away. They could set something up for that. Yep. But let's have Sammy help Jay and be our their wrestle update official prediction. So, with that said, uh, Summer Sam coming up in a couple of days. Obviously, hopefully, it turns into a good show. Hopefully, all of our predictions come true. And we all agreed, except for the Battle Royal, who's <laughs> the one we had different guys on. But should be a good show. I think it'll be well-paced with the eight matches. I wish they had had Trish, Trish and Becky on, but I think that it'll lead to some good things in the future uh, for Becky as well. That's a, a big match they'll push down the line. Next month, I know they have kind of a B-show, Fastlane or whatever. Uh, we'll probably see some stuff extended till there. But very interesting stuff all around, and as always, uh, thank you so much, Nello, uh, coming on. And uh, I know you're going to be you're going to be a recurring person on this show from here on uh, <laughs> in the future during, during this this segment of Wrestle Update, and I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, of course. Thank you again so much for ha- uh, having me. It's always a bright spot in the day, and just to be able to talk about wrestling is such a privilege and it's such a joy for me. So thank you. Uh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine, and hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Uh, you want to give any last words, any plugs to the fans for your stuff? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, Happy Sumble Burger Farm on Steam. Follow uh, Scythe Dev Team on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, Aniello, A-N-I-E-L-L, and then five O's. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it, just doing groovy shit all the time. So, yeah. And, and you, you have the strawberry. As your profile picture. I do have the strawberry. 
It's a very happy. I like it. It's very <laughs> cute. It makes me happy whenever I see it. Thank so, you. Yeah, I try to bring a sort of happiness to the timeline. You know what I'm saying? Thank you so much for that. It's very well appreciated. Uh, if you guys want to, you can follow me at Viva underscore zero. Uh, just the words pretty much on there. I guess uh, technically it's called X now, right? It's, it's, are you a Twitter guy or an X guy? Do you still have the Twitter bird on your phone or is it the X? I think or, it's it's updated to the X now, unfortunately. That will cause you some explaining to do if anyone does <laughs> as well. Like, what do you got on that X app of yours? What, what are you doing there? <laughs> like, so somebody asks, like, hey, wait a minute. No, it's, it's just like Twitter. They just changed the name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, follow me on there. Uh, listen to my other shows, uh, Eastern Larry. It's all about Japanese wrestling. Me and Striga's on there. Uh, we've been covering this G1 Climax going crazy. Uh, about it uh, pretty much so many shows nobody can possibly keep up uh, no sane person uh, there is me but you don't want to be like me you don't want to be like uh, the insane ones uh, being be Strigger uh, even on vacation I mean shout out to Strigger because they, even when he was on vacation in Hamburg uh, we had we debated whether Hamburg is where the hamburger was invented uh, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding that we won't get into it uh, right now but, <laughs> uh, we went on there um, Lucha Talks, you have another episode, Trifomania Mexico City is coming up uh, in later this month, too. We did a show at Trifomania Tijuana last month. Kenny Omega, Io Vikingo was on there. Uh, uh, AAA is kind of a crazy-ass promotion anyway, so <laughs> there's always a lot to talk about with them. And, yeah, uh, we will do a review of some sort. We'll see if, if Nello's back on again. It's really going to be the timing. It may be Scott. It may be both of them. We just need to work out the time together uh, pretty much. But there will be a review for SummerSlam at some point uh, in a few days, obviously. And also later in the month, All In, AEW. Uh, we're going to do that as well. Uh, Sandre will probably be on the show, and he is going to be live in England as well uh, afterwards for the review. So that's going to be good. But then you got All In, too, All Out and All In. So, uh, you know, Nello, if he, if he can make, if he has the time, if he gets sick of me, I wouldn't blame him for that at the end of the day if that happens. But if he does want to come on, he's welcome for all of that. But one way or the other, we're going to have previews and reviews for all the big shows. So lots of good stuff coming up in the month and lots of good stuff coming up in the next few days. So as always, thank you guys for listening. For Nello DeAngelis and I'm Dylan Fox. This has been your Wrestle Update.